Hello everyone, this is Bittersweet Apple Podcast coming back to you. And tonight we're going to be talking about urban legends. Do you believe in urban legends? Do you believe the stories that you hear that are that are urban legends? I'm going to be reading to you some of these urban legends. Some may be true and some may not. <clears throat> it is uh, probably a good idea to say that um, not a lot of these would be suitable for children. So, let's begin. Uh, first urban few urban legends I'm going to read to you come from Reader's Digest. Find us at readersdigest.com and this one's entitled 50 of the spookiest urban legends from every state. Now, whether you dismiss urban legends as children's lore or believe they're based on fact, these 50 tales will send a shiver up your spine. <clears throat> no matter where in the United States you're from, your home state is sure to have its share of urban legends and urban myth. These scary stories aren't just for Halloween. They're whispered between campers, passed from town to town, and reserved for nights when the power goes out. Urban legends may be spooky stories, but they aren't necessarily ghost stories. They could have, have happened to someone you know, a relative or a friend. These are the stories that make you do a, a double take when you walk past abandoned places or make you check to make sure your door is locked when you're home alone. Be careful next time you're driving back the backwoods roads of America. You never know what scary urban legends might, you might encounter. <coughs> Huggin' Molly, Alabama. Huggin' Molly. <coughs> The legend of Hug and Molly is clearly a tool used by parents to get their children to obey the rules. The story native to Abbeville tells of a phantom woman who appears to children if they stay out late at night. She grips the lingering children tightly and screams in their ear. She's not meant to cause death. Just one heck of a fright. Sounds like something straight out of a horror movie. The Kuala Lupelet. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's Q... A-L-U-P-A-L-I-K. Anyway, in Alaska, the the (laughs) Kualupelik, it's an intuit version of a mermaid or a siren, calls with a hum to children who are wandering too close to the seashore, then takes them away in her baby pouch. The greenish woman-like creature will never return a child once taken into the depths. Sounds like a good way to convince your kids not to go in the water. If you ask us, stick them in front of a great Halloween movie for kids instead. <clears throat> Slaughterhouse Canyon in Arizona. Also known as Lu- Luana's Canyon, the urban legend of Slaughterhouse Canyon tells the gruesome tale of a 19th century gold miner who failed to come home to his family one night. Without his earnings, the mother and her children couldn't buy food and began to starve. When she couldn't stand it any longer, the wife chopped her kids into pieces, tossed them into the nearby river, and died of despair. Her cries can still be heard echoing through the canyon. The Gurdon Light, Arkansas. Like many urban legends, the story of Gurdon Light has several variations. In one, a railroad worker was hit by a train and decapitated. His spirit can still be seen today, searching for his lost light. In another, the railroad worker bore a violent grudge against his boss who had fired him. He murdered his former employer with a railroad spike, and the victim now wanders the track. While the Gurdon light is well documented, no one has been able to offer an explanation as to what it really is. A charman of San Antonio Creek in California. <clears throat> per local lore, a father and son were trapped in a horrible fire. The father perished, and before help could arrive, the traumatized son lost his mind. He skinned his father, then ran into the forest. Now known forever as Charman's black and burnt body, is said to attack motorists on Creek Road in, in Ojai. 
Ojai? Oh, Ojai, whatever. I see six more human skins. If you're into spooky stuff, learn the real meaning behind Owen. Omens in urban land. The Ridge Home Asylum. This is in Colorado. The Ridge Home Asylum was a real facility that opened in Arvada Arvada in 1912, but it, but it's become an urgent legend because of its history. It reportedly housed patients who were horribly mistreated, some of whom weren't even mentally cap- incapable, but had just forsaken been forsaken by their families. Though it was demolished in 2004, people say that they can still hear the screams and see the apparitions of former patients on the grounds. But maybe they're just people looking for last-minute Halloween costumes? Dudley Town in Connecticut. This mis- the misfortunes that have occurred in Dudley Town starting in the 1700s are so terrible and numerous that it's nicknamed Village of the Dam. Now completely deserted town is said to have been home to many suicides, disappearances, and even demonic activity that have given rise to several urban legends. It is believed that the founders of the village and by extension the village itself are forever cursed. Fort Delaware and Delaware. A prisoner camp during the Civil War, Fort Delaware and Delaware City was ultimately ultimately home to more than 30,000 Confederate soldier inmates. The few thousand who died before they could leave the Union Fort are said to still haunt the area. Captain Tony in Florida. <clears throat> Since 1852, Captain Tony's, the oldest saloon in Key West, is, has been known to be haunted. Doors slammed for no apparent reason, and there are inexplicable banging noises and frequent ghostly visitations. Perhaps that's because the site of the town's original morgue was built around a tree that, that the town once used for hanging pirates. Yikes. The Song of the Cell in Georgia. As urban legends go, goes, in 1848, Alec and his wife Betsy, both slaves, were in their home one night when their master, drunk and belligerent, crushed open the door. He attempted to attack Betsy, but Alec fought him off. Undeterred, the master chased Alec, master chased Alec up a ladder and into a loft. As the struggle continued, the master lost his balance and fell out of the loft and died, even though Alec turned himself in to the sheriff the next morning, explaining what had happened with self-defense. He was still charged with murder, par for the course in the antebellum south. Alec was imprisoned in the old Lawrenceville jail and later executed unjustly for the crime. People say that they can still hear his sorrowful song traveling through the walls of the old jail cell. Pali Highway. Pali Highway. In Hawaii. <coughs> Pele, the Hawaiian volcano goddess, has many myths attached to her name. One tells of her ill-fated union with the demigod Kamapua, who was half pig, half human. The two supernatural beings had a terrible breakup, agreeing never to see each other again. That's why, as urban legend has it, if you can carry perk with you when you travel over the Pali Highway and oh. Oahu, the car, a car will come to an inexplicable halt. Next time you're in the area, we advise you to stick to chicken. The Water Babies of Massacre Rocks in Idaho. This urban legend is about starvation and infant, infant, infant How do you say that? Uh, so if you're squeamish, you may want to skip ahead. When famine hit the local area of Punt, Punticello, mothers resorted to drowning their babies in the rivers instead of letting them starve to death. It is said that those babies turned into fish-like imps whose mission was to trick or even murder people. Bachelors Grove in Cemetery, Cemetery, Illinois, often referred to as one of the most haunted graveyards in America. This 82-plot cemetery is known as the home of many phantom sightings. People who have visited the site have seen numerous inexplicable 
illusions from a ghostly white lady to an ephemeral white farmhouse. 100 Steps Cemetery in Indiana. If you visit this cemetery in the town of Brazil and climb the 100 steps in the total darkness of the night, urban legend has it you'll see the ghost of the original caretaker appear before you on the top of the hill. Apparently, he will give you a preview of what your own death will look like. Stony Hollow Road in Iowa. As the saying goes, a woman's scourge is not someone you want to mess with. Lucinda of Burlington is no different. Legend says that when her fiance they failed to meet her there as promised one night. She threw herself off the bluffs along Stony Hollow Road. Ever since, her ghost has appeared to countless people. What's worse, if she leaves a rose at your feet, you are destined to die within 24 hours. 24 hours, or the story goes. Molly's Hollow in Kansas. The urban legend of Molly's Hollow speaks to the country's racist history. The legend goes when the local townsfolk found out that Molly, an African-American woman, was involved with a white man. She was lynched. People claim her spirit is still there, screaming at night. Hogan's Fountain in Kentucky. In Cherokee Park, you'll find Hogan's Fountain, which features a state of Pan, the pastoral yet devious Greek god. At every full moon, some versions say that every night at midnight, the figure of Pan wanders the park, causing mischief for the passerby. The Carter Brothers in Louisiana. Back in the early 1930s, a young woman escaped from the home of the Carter brothers in New Orleans with slash marks on her wrist. She told the police that the brothers were feeding off her blood. The cops stormed the French Quarter residence when they found more young women in similar states, their blood draining from their bodies. The brothers now thought to be vampires, were captured and executed, only for it to be discovered years later their crypts were empty. Seguin Island Lighthouse in Maine. Like many urban legends, the one in Maine has to do with isolation. As legend has it, in the 1800s, the caretaker of the Seguin Island Lighthouse and his wife were the only two people living on that tiny spot of land. They naturally grew increasingly bored and isolated. The caretaker bought a piano too so his wife could play it to keep them both entertained. But she only knew one song, that insufferable repetition of the same tune, combined with severe isolation, drove the husband mad. He took an axe, chopped the piano and his wife into bits, and then killed himself. Or so the story goes. <clears throat> Big Liz in the Greenbrier Swamp in Maryland. During the Civil War, Big Liz, a very large woman, was a slave who became a spy for the Union troops. But her espionage was found out by her master who decided to exact revenge. Urban legend says he took Big Liz to Greenbrier Swamp so he could help him bury a treasure. Big Liz dug this hole and sub and was subsequently decapitated by her evil master, who threw her body into the grave she just unwittingly dug for herself. It is said that if you travel to that spot during the dead of night, you will see her spirit there, attempting to lure you into the murky swamp. The ghost of Sheriff George Corwin in Massachusetts. When you think of haunted locals and birthplaces of urban legends in the United States, Salem is no doubt at the top of one of the top places that comes to mind. The key character in the Salem Witch Trails, Sheriff Corwin, was the most infamous and brutal when it came to interrogating and handling accused witches, earning himself the nickname The Strangler for his torturous method. A building called the Joshua Ward House now stands at the top of the land where Corwin lived and died, and many people say they have seen him in the windows or even felt his hands press around their, down around their necks when they're inside the space. The Nain Rouge in Michigan. This is one of the urban legends that's still recognized today, celebrated by the people of Detroit every year. They say there's a devilish creature known as the Nain Rouge, French word red dwarf, who causes mayhem in the city. He's thought to be seen when disaster is about to strike, and is even said to be the reason 
for the Cadillac Company's downfall in the city, the Wendigo in Minnesota. The Wendigo is a creature of Native American folklore that is thought to be a result of cannibalism. A person will turn into a Wendigo, a fang-bearing creature that is tall, skeletal, and hairy. If they resort to eating another human being, will you fall prey to the glowing eyes and snake-like tongue of the Wendigo? Or is it just an urban legend? The Witch of Yaz zoo in mississippi while living on the yazoo river an old woman allegedly lured boatsmen to their deaths with her magic one day the local sheriff chased her into the swamp as she drowned in a quicksand she put a curse upon the town in twenty years she said she would return to set the city aflame er eerily in nineteen o four the city was hit with a massive fire believed to be the work of the witch the next day when people went to visit her grave at the glenwood cemetery they saw that the chain links around her grave had been broken or so the urban legend goes the landers theatre in missouri the landers theatre in springfield missouri is beyond haunted from fires to stabbings to accidental deaths this theater has seen it all and has many urban legends to tell. Local and locals and performers have alleged that they've seen the ghosts of the people believed to have perished there, including the janitor, who was said to have died during a 1920 fire. <clears throat> the haunting of Chico Hot Springs Hotel in Montana. The mysterious lady in white supposedly roams the corridors of the Chico Hot Hotel hot springs hotel in prey scaring guests and staff members people have reportedly seen the ghost of a woman in white many times leading them to, into room 349 only to find an empty rocking chair swaying back and forth her rocking chair is sometimes found in other rooms as well always facing the window no matter what the position was, the last person left in it the hatchet house in nebraska the urban legend of the hatchet house of portal reminds us those of those scary ghost stories we used to tell each other at camp. As the legend goes, a school teacher from long ago went insane and decapitated, decapitated all her students in this one-room schoolhouse. Afterwards, she placed their heads in their rep, res, respective desk and took their hearts to a nearby bridge, throwing the organs into the water. People say you can still hear the hearts beating if you cross it, hence the name Heartbeat Bridge. We dare you to try it. The aliens at Area 51 in Nevada. Publicly known as the place where the military tests out some of its most advanced weapons and technology, conspiracy theorists, the urban legend diehards suspect it. That's also where the government stashes the UFOs it does, doesn't want us knowing about. The legend of Chakura, Mount Chakura, was named after a Native American chief who lived in the early 1700s. Legend has it that he left his son with, his, with the Campbell family while he went on tribal business. While another famous care, the son died, perhaps accidentally, perhaps not. To exact revenge, Chief Chukura killed the man's wife and children. Then the surviving Campbell chased Chukura to the top of the mountain and shot him dead, but not before the chief had placed a terrible curse upon the land. It is said that it is said that the land now known as Chukura Lake Conservancy will, will inflict suffering and death on anyone who tries to live there or drink from its rivers. The Ghost Boy of Clinton Road in New Jersey. The ghost of a young boy is said to reside between the, beneath one of the bridges on this road in Patsyuk County in northern New Jersey. According to legend, he's quite helpful but not, not to mention honest. If you drop a coin into the water, he will return it to you in, within 24 hours. It has become a rite of passage for local teens who go to test it out. UFO crash at Roswell, New Mexico. 1947, something big, really, really big, 
crest of a ranch northwest of Roswell. Members of the U.S. military quickly came to retrieve the debris, which led some to believe that something was going on that they wanted to cover up. A UFO, perhaps? Adding to the mystery, Jesse Marcel Jr., the son of one of the military officers charged with the clearing of the site, later described the debris he saw his father bringing home as being made of lead foil with I-beams. According to Roswell, New Mexico Museum, he recalled the writing on the I-beams as purple. Strange. There was anything like it. Different geometric shapes, leaves, and circles. The U.S. government maintains it was a wealthy balloon that crashed, but urban legends tell a different story. The Legend of Cropsey, set in New York. Staten Island's Cropsey has been a local legend for decades, gaining national attention when the documentary of the same name was released. The story that goes that Cropsey had a hook for a hand and was a patient at the Willowbrook State School. And he would come out late at night to hunt and chase local kids with his hook hand. In truth, a series of child murders did take place in that area of Staten Island in the 17, 1970s and 1980s. And now we need to look at these Halloween memes to feel better. The Beast of Bladenboro in North Carolina. Many regions in the United States have their own urban legends of a story about a mutant creature in the woods who kills viciously and indiscriminately. In North Carolina, it's the Beast of Bladenboro. Described by locals as a panther-like bloodthirsty killer lurking in darkness. It is said to have attacked on numerous dogs and even people. Watch your back. The Minnewashidu <laughs> in North Dakota. Next time you're on the banks of the Missouri River in North Dakota, keep an eye out for the Minnewashidu of North Dakota. A, red, a giant red hairy monster with sharp spikes along its back, a horn, and only one eye. If you look at it, blindness and sanity and even death are soon to follow. So I'm sick of that. I don't keep an eye out for it. Gore Orphanage in Ohio. In the 1800s, there was a deadly fire at the app named Gore Orphanage in Lorraine County. Tragically, every single orphan in the institute parish, institution perished. <clears throat> Locals say if you visit the site where the orphanage stood, you can still see the ghost of the dead children. Hear them playing or smell their burning flesh. Ew. The Shaman's Portal in Oklahoma. People have allegedly disappeared into thin air, setting foot in these dunes and beaver sands, also known as Oklahoma's Bermuda Triangle. It's believed that a UFO crash here, opening a door to another world. A bandaged man in Oregon. The ghost of a man who was supposedly chopped into bits at a sawmill terrifies Oregon residents and urban legend believers to this day. They call him the bandage man because his, well, his entire body is wrapped in bloody bandages. Mostly he is said to attack people who drive through the, or park their cars in Cannon Beach. Eastern State Penitentiary in Pennsylvania. The Eastern State Penitentiary of Pennsylvania is a real place that was shut down to, ex, to due to its exceptional cruelty toward inmates. Each cell and chamber has its own set of hauntings and terrible tales. And walking through it is supposed to feel like walking through the pit of hell itself. If you're the type to, who likes to experience the macrobe, you can take a tour on Halloween. You must sign a liability be waiver before entering. Fingernail Freddy in Rhode Island. Then, if this sounds familiar, it's because the uh, Rhode Island legend of Fingernail Freddy is supposedly the inspiration for the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. In this version, Fingernail Freddy is a wild woodsman with insanely long fingernails who comes out at night to attack camp 
campers with his talents, the legend of Lavina Fisher in South Carolina. Known as America's first female seller, serial killer, Lavina Fisher was certainly not dainty about her kills. In the 1800s, she and her husband John ran an inn where they had the unfortunate habit of killing off many of their guests. They would poison them, then when their poor person had fallen asleep, dropped them down a trap door. One victim managed to escape, and two were found out, re- resulting in their execution. Now people say the ghost of Lavina Fisher haunts the Charleston jail, where she was just executed. Walking Sam in South Dakota. Walking Sam of South Dakota is a bit like the, the notorious figure from the Slender Man video games, an unnaturally tall, skinny, and creepy character. Those who cross paths are induced to commit suicide and and his favorite prey is young teen, Skinned Tom in Tennessee. As the story goes, in the 1920s, a young man named Tom once took his lady to the friend to the local lover's lane. He didn't know about it, but the woman he was so enamored with was, in fact, married. Her husband found the two can- canoodling in their car, murdered the wife, and then skinned Tom alive. Yikes. Folks say Tom is still hangs around lover's lane, ready to kill those who dare to commit adultery. But... Le- the Lechuza, the Lechuza, in Texas, in South Texas, as you've had a beer or two, you'll need to be on the lookout for the Lechuza. Depending on the version of this urban legend being told, this incredibly large owl is either a brohuas, witch, or a familiar woman by day, bird by night. Her child was killed by a drunk, so she's on the prowl looking on to take revenge on her bar patrons stumbling out into the street as a, after closing time. The curse of Escalante Petrified Forest in Utah. Visitors to Escalante Salente, Petrified Forest in the Black Hills of Utah are cautiously leave what they find behind. Legend has it, has it that anyone who takes as much as a rock or a piece of wood will suffer intense misfortune. Car accidents, broken bones, and even job loss are said to have befallen those who dared to ignore the warning. Brattleboro Retreat Tower in Vermont. Built as a part of an insane asylum in the late 1800s, the Brattleboro Retreat Tower was soon closed off after a number of patients supposedly committed suicide by flinging themselves from the top. The tower remains standing today, and people say that if you dare visit it, you'll see the ghosts plunging into the, to their deaths over and over like an old repla- tape replaying itself. Ah, Bunny Man Bridge in Virginia. As the story goes, in 1904, some of the most dangerous patients from an insane asylum in Clifton, Virginia, were among were being moved to a prison when a bus crashed on Fairfax Station Bridge. The inmates attempted to escape, but only one was successful. He left a trail of dead-skinned, half-eaten rabbits, hanging many from a bridge that was the scene of the crash. And on Halloween that night, and on Halloween night every year, several teens hanging out under the bridge were, some teens hanging out under the bridge were attacked by the stroke of midnight and met the same fate as the bunnies. Maltby's 13 Steps to Hell in Washington. In Maltby's Cemetery, you'll find a set of 13 steps leading down into an underground crypt Urban legend has it that anyone who makes the regrettable decision to climb down those steps will be met with a vision of hell so terrifying it will drive them to insanity. The Mothman, West Virginia. Yes, this is the same Mothman from the movie. 
and Mothman Prophecies. The final scene of that movie is a retelling of a take on an event that actually happened in 1967. A silver, the silver bridge that connects Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with Gallipolis, Ohio, collapsed at the height of the rush hour, killing 46 people. According to legend, it was the Mothman, the greater bringer of death, who caused the accident. Ooh, a bloody headstone at Riverside Cemetery in Wisconsin. The urban legend tells of a local woman by the name of Kate Blood, fitting, right, who's said to have killed her husband and three children, after which she committed suicide. After which she committed suicide. The headstone at Riverside Cemetery in Appleton allegedly drips with blood every full moon. So if you do visit, glance at her headstone will quickly debunk debunk the legend. She was outlived by her husband and her only child. Jackalope. The large bunny creature with antelope horns is a well-known character in Wyoming's culture, history, landscape, and urban legends. Some people say they've most definitely seen it, while others shrug it off as a fairy tale. What do you think? That was Urban Legends from Reader's Digest. Our next one comes from Mental Floss. 11 terrifying urban legends that turned out to be true. You can find us at mentalfoss.com. This article was written by Jake Rawson uh, in 2018. Urban legends substantiated stories of terror that allow us to use our imaginations. Fill in increasingly horrifying details with each retelling have been with us forever. While the internet has made the dissemination that make a then easier humans have been goading one another with spooky anecdotes for centuries. Psychologists believe we respond to those tales because we have a morbid fascination with the disgusting. We also can't help but enjoy gossip. Put those things together and it makes for an irresistible mix. Urban legends often come with a dose of skepticism. No, a killer with a hook hand has never terrorized knocking couples. Knocking couples. But sometimes these stories turn out to be true. Have a look, preferably in the covers with a flashlight, at these tales that actually happened. Number one on our list. Rats in the toilet bowl. Ugh. You stagger into the bathroom at 3 a.m. to relieve yourself. Groggy with sleep, you lift the lid and position yourself over the toilet. You hear splashing. Turning on the light, you see a rat looking back at you from the bowl. You're never the same again. Urban legends about animals and sewers have been a staple of scary stories, particularly one about belly, baby alligators being flushed down the toilets and then growing to adult size in waste channels. These are most often told about New York. Not true. While alligators and crocodiles have been found in New York City, they're generally generally released. They're generally generally released. Sorry, I lost my place here. Um, about okay. And found above ground, and though it's thought that New York is too cold for them to survive above ground very long, but finding a rodent in your toilet, inches from your phone or areas of your body, is a particular kind of domestic terror, and one that happens to be possible. Drain plumbing for toilets is typical three inches in diameter or more, plenty of space for a rat to climb up. The animals are attracted to sewage lines due to undigested foods gross. In feces and can travel through pipes before emerging through an opening into your bathroom. And yes, rats can be somewhat testy when, the, when they complete their journey. The aquatic rodent bit the wimp of a female in Pittsburgh, P 
Petersburg, Virginia, in 1999. In Seattle, the issue is common enough that public officials have given advice on what to do in case you encounter one. Close the lid and flush. Cropsy. For years, kids living in around Staten Island get raised goosebumps by relating the tale of Cropsy, a boogeyman who lived in the woods and made a nocturnal habit of disemboweling children. Parents, no doubt, eased their kind kids' fears by telling them no such monster existed. But he did. In 1987, Andre Rand was put on trial and convicted for child abduction. Rand, it turned out, to may have been connected to a rash of child disappearances in the 1970s. He would once worked at Willowbrook, a defunct mental institution. While he denies involvement in other cases, it's clear Rand's activities had a heavy influence in the word-of-mouth stories that followed. The Leaping Lawyer, number three on our list. Sooner or later, Toronto residents hear the tale of a lawyer who had a peculiar fondness for running full bore into his office windows to demonstrate how strong they were. This practice caught up with him eventually, and he crashed into a window and went sailing to his death. The hobby was actually practiced by Gary Hoy, a senior partner in an area law firm on the 24th floor. On July 9, 1993, Hoy made his signature tackle against the window to impress some visiting law students. The pain finally broke and sent him plummeting to his death. And a eulogy of managing partner Peter Lors called Hoy one of the best and brightest at the firm. Number four, the body under the bed. Vacationing couples, newlyweds, Disneyland guests, all have been the subject of an urban legend involving hotel occupants who blissfully falls to sleep only to wake up to an awful stench coming from either under the bed or inside the mattress. Closer inspection reveals that a dead body has been stashed away. Presumably not anyone who has died of natural causes. The traveling tale has been confirmed multiple times over. At least a dozen newspaper stories have detailed hotel rooms that have doubled in, as body dispo, disposal sites. While smells un, apparently right away, at least one couple slept on a mattress containing a body in, in Atlantic City in 1999. Yikes. Cases in Colorado, Florida, and Virginia have also been reported. In 2010, guests at a budget lodge in Memphis were horrified to discover they had been sleeping above the body of Sonny Millbrook, a missing person. Fabric softener had been stuffed into the ceiling ties to try and mask the smell. At least three other occupants had also rented room from Sonny Millbrook's disappearance. The court eventually convicted Millbrook's boyfriend, Lakeith and movie of the crime. The main hermit, number five. For decades, people with vacation in Maine Central in Maine's North Pond were puzzled by items that would go missing. Batteries and food from cabins, flashlights from camping tents. Rumors spread that a permanent fixture of the area would forage for sustenance and supplies. They were right. For 27 years, Christopher Knight lived alone in the woods, keeping tabs on the hikers, canoeists, and other temporary residents of the grounds. When he was confronted by a game warden in 2013, Knight admitted he was responsible for an average round of 40 robberies a year. Knight admitted he was responsible for... Okay, I read that. Despite the likely prostitations... <laughs> I cannot talk tonight. I'm so t I'm just really tired. Sorry. Despite the likely protestations of family and friends who dismissed tales 
of a hermit lurking somewhere in the woods. His identification proved that someone had been watching and waiting for nearly three decades. Candyman. Released in 1992 and reimagined in 2021, Candyman, based on a short story by Clive Barker, remains a potent horror tale of the revenge undertaken by black artist Tony Todd. Murdered in the, in the night. 1890s for having a bad relationship with a, for having a relationship with a white woman. While it's not likely you'll be able to invoke him by saying his name several times in the mirror, the pants-swing idea of having a killer burst through a medicine cabinet is actually based on fact. In 1987, a Chicago reader published a story about Ruth McCoy, a woman living in a Chicago housing project who made a frantic call to 911 insisting she was being attacked in her apartment. Responders eventually found her dead of gunshot wounds. Investigators determined that her assailants had gained access to her unit by breaking through the connecting wall in the adjoining apartment and climbed through her medicine cabinet. The complex was built that way intentionally so that plumbers investigating leaks could simply remove the cabinet to check the pipes. It became a frequent mode of entry for burglars, and in McCoy's case, her killers. Number seven, the fake cop trick. You may have had an overly concerned parent or a friend warn you of people impersonating officers using that veneer of, veneer of authority to attack victims who have let their guard down. While there aren't many who are in full patrol uniform or traveling in motor vehicles, there have been documented cases of assailants posing as law enforcement. In Bloomington, Illinois, a man used a flashing light to get a vehicle to pull over. After walking up to the vehicle, the man tried unsuccessfully. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. In Bloomington, Illinois, a man used his flashing lights to get a vehicle to pull over. After walking, walking up to the vehicle, the man tried unsuccessfully to overpower the driver before they managed to get away. In Fayetteville, Georgia, a man donned a uniform and pulled over a teenage boy on a bike, forcing him to empty his pockets. Talking to Ripley's later, the boy told them a second car had pulled up with a man matching the description of someone who had been caught impersonating an officer two weeks prior. The Legend of Bunny Man. If you lived around Virginia in the 1970s, you were probably exposed to the story of the Bunny Man and the tale an escaped mental patient takes to gutting bunnies and hanging them from a bridge underpass. Yucks. That's, that's horrible. Later, the man is said to have graduated to gutting and hanging teens in a similar manner. Locals were cautioned to, to never be caught near the underpass, which is now known as most pe to most people as Bunny Man Bridge on Halloween night. The story is likely spawned from the very real presence of a roving madman in the area. In October of 1970, the re couple reported seeing a man dressed in a white suit and wearing bunny ears began yelling at them that they were on private property. To punctuate his point, he threw a hatchet through at the windshield, apparently shattering it. There was a second sighting of Bunny Man two weeks later, when a security guard spotted a hatchet-wielding man chipping away at a porch railing. Police, police tried unsuccessfully to locate the man, but he didn't disempower anyone the thought of an adult wielding both a hatchet and a pair of rabbit ears. Somehow manages to be just as disturbing. The legend of Polybus. Polybius? Polybius. Yeah, something like that. Vintage... Gamers, video gamers, have long traded stories about a coin-operated arcade game, game circa in the 1980s. Portland had that strange effect 
on its players. The game titled Poly Polybius was alleged to have a prompted feelings of disorientation, amnesia, game addiction, and even suicide. The machine's cabinet was said to be painted entirely black. Yeah, and it was rumored that the Stern Lincoln men would sometimes visit the arcades to collect information from the machines before disappearing. Was the CIA experiment spun off from MKUltra, the psychoactive drug con study conducted on unsuspecting subjects? Number 10 on our list Charlie No Face. Imagine finding yourself outside alone in the dark on a residential street. You hear footsteps approaching. Suddenly, a man with a misshapen face appears. You run, terrified beyond words. You spread the story of a man with no face throughout Pennsylvania. Charlie No-Face, also called the Green Man, was actually a man named Ray Robinson, and he was no figment of anyone's imagination. Born in 1910, Rob was disfigured as a result of an electrical accident at the age of eight. He touched active wires, which effectively maimed him. Knowing his appearance would, could be disconcerting, Robinson took to taking strolls after dark. He often walked a path along Route 351 in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. While his intentions were honorable, encountering Robinson in the dead of night inevitably led to spreading stories about a boogeyman haunting the town. Robinson died in 1985. Number 11, the last on our list. Notorious outlaw Elmer McCurdy took on a second life following his death. In 1911, the embalmed corpse of McCurdy became grim, became a grim sideshow attraction throughout Texas. While people eager to, eager, eager to find out all this famed criminal on display in Carnival to see the famed criminal on display, though it was hard to document all of his travels, he eventually wound up in Long Beach, California, where someone apparently mistook him for a prop. McCurdy was hung in the, at the funhouse at the New Pike Amusement Park because humanity discovered only after a crew member. The $6 million man, which was filming in 1976, tried to adjust him, dislodging the very real arm. The following year, his cross was put out to rest. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> Those second ones I read to you, they... They are the ones that are supposed to be true. Because some of these that I read, you think to yourself, uh, that's so weird. How can that possibly happen? But I guess in some cases, there are uh, several people who have had things like that happen. Like the rats in the toilet. And I had personally never heard of the rats in the toilet part, but I have heard of snakes being in toilets. They'll appear in, the butt, in your toilet bowl. And if you're not careful and you're not paying attention, you could get bit when you go to sit down. And I think I've heard of people being bit by doing that. Personally, I hate snakes. And I would never live in a spot where there are snakes. <laughs> I would rather move than to put up with a snake. I hate them that much. It just uh, give me the creeps. Anyway, there was an urban legend that was actually um, told by a lot of people when I was a teenager here in my own hometown. Anyway, there was this, there used to be a school, and it's in Oregon, and the legend goes, this old college uh, that was built on a hill um, had been closed in, I'm not sure what year it was, but they closed it down after so many years because they had built a new college. 
Anyway, before the college closed down, um, it was said to have um, been this uh, site of an urban legend where this guy that was new to new to the school, he was uh, he was Indian. He was mostly Indian, and he uh, uh, moved to town and he enrolled in school there. And so there was these people there that didn't like him uh, because he was Indian and they were prejudiced. Anyway, they would torment him and bully him and call him names and different all different things. And although he wasn't really scared of them, he didn't want to uh, be involved with their um, bullying. He tried to avoid as many, much as possible. But one night... He was um, he was lured to the school after dark, when the when the schools were closed, and I, I don't remember how they lured him, but anyway, when he got up there, there was nobody around that he could see, so he went inside the school to find out if there was anybody there because somebody had told him to come to that school, and so when he got there, he didn't see anybody, and he just kept wandering around and. And all of a sudden, his the bullies appeared in front of him or behind him, whichever it was. And now this is where the urban legend takes a turn, and I'm not sure if it's true. But anyway, these bullies uh, bullied him some more and, and to- told him all these different things. And then, supposedly, um, they ganged up on him, and they ended up hanging him from it. From the wherever it was inside the school, I think I'm thinking maybe it was the gym. Anyway, they hung him by his neck, and he died. And ever since then, after that, people who have gone up to the school are said to have seen his ghost wandering around, looking for revenge about these bullies. I don't, and I don't know what ever happened to those bullies. But I used to go there with friends all the time up there. We'd go up there in park and we'd t- and tell tales of the of the school and tell that tale. And each time, of course, um, people would put their own spin on it. And it became one of the most famous uh, spots in town to go if you were uh, a, young, a young person and even a little bit older person because uh, teens are always fascinated with the, with the weird. And so this guy is, was supposed to have been haunting the, the school after it closed and they say that even after they just demolished the school his spirit is said to still haunt that area but now they have this uh, taken all that away because they uh, totally got rid of the entire building and put something else there I don't remember what it is but it's completely gone now and the place where it was has houses on it and these people that lived there were so um, bothered by people coming by wanting to know about the urban legend and what happened there that they actually like had to put up a sign or something saying this is not the place anymore so that people would leave them alone. Another urban legend happened when I was, I think I was in third or fourth grade. Again, it was at uh, a school, but this was at elementary school that I went to when I was a kid. Anyway, there was these guys that I went to school with. Uh, I could not tell you their names now if if I tried to. And I could not tell you what they looked like. But anyway, they had this rumor they liked to spread 
mostly to little kids so that they tr we could try to scare them. Anyway, the, the thing was, the story was where this little gym that the school had was kind of like in a basement type area of the school because the school wasn't very big and they didn't have much room. And there was actually two gyms, one's for the little kids and one's for the bigger kids. And then the little gym, they had a, a small stage where kids could put on plays and stuff like that. And it said, the way the kids told the story, the older kids, is that there's this old guy and he haunted the gymnasium. Supposedly he died there. He's said to have died there and um, when he died it was a gruesome death. And that there was, at the time there was blood everywhere. And it, I think he was uh, cut up or something like that. I can't remember. And uh, he was bloody all over. And on certain days, if you go there and look in the window, you could see the blood on the walls. And you could see him walking around. And he was all bloody and stuff like that. And if he, they said to us, if you try to go in, he'll probably kill you. And, of course, that scares a little kid. When you're under, when you're in like third or fourth grade, you know, you're, uh, you can be vulnerable to stories like that if you're not uh, used to those kind of things. But me, I've, I grew up watching horror movies from the time and loving horror, or horror novels. And I used to read scary books when I was a kid. Like, I mean, nowadays, if they're, if you read them, they're not scary. That's just kid stuff. But when you're an actual kid, they can be scary. Like like the Goosebumps series and things like that. And even you can even make uh, more of the story if you wanted to out of those um, like Hardy Boys mysteries and Nancy Drew mysteries and things like that. We used to um, embellish the stories that we read in Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys so that they sounded more scary. And those are the com the urban legends, a couple of the urban legends in my hometown. But there was one in particular that kind of, it kind of haunts me to this day. It was about this girl who lived with her, with her father in town. And it was, I think it was back in the early 1800s. Anyway, the fashions were, uh, the, the girls wore these long skirts that had many layers to them. I can't think of what they call them, but... Like if you spun around, the skirt would flow out, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, this girl lives with her father, and the father is said to have uh, been a drunk and been abusive to this little girl. And one day, um, the, li the little girl uh, made him very angry, and he pushed her down the steps of, the, of their house, and she fell down the steps and into the cellar where she... Uh, broke her neck and died and so the father had to try and uh, figure out how to cover it up so he buried her in the cellar and supposedly no nobody found out for a long time what happened to this little girl even when they came by and said where's your little girl why isn't she in school things like that they never found out because he would tell them like oh she wants to stay with her grandma or her aunts or something and then they could never find enough evidence to go back there and do a search. So they ended up leaving him alone. And one day when he was home alone, he was, I don't know what he was doing, reading or something, 
but he was also drunk, and he was said to have heard a noise coming from the cellar. And so he went to investigate to find out what was going on, because he was kind of scared because of this noise. And when he went to investigate, he was pushed from behind, and he fell down the steps and broke his neck and died. And they found his body several days later. And then when they found his body, they investigated a little bit further and and found the little girl's body buried in the cellar. And so, to this day, well, I don't know if it's to this day anymore, but a few years back, um, when people would go by where she used to live, and I think they've since demolished that house. But anyway, it used to be where they said that on certain nights, I think it was the night she died, the little girl died. If you go by the house, she's said to be seen uh, standing on the porch, jump roping or something, and singing a song that sounded really eerie. And that's the only time you saw her is when, on the anniversary of her death. And also, um, they found out that what the father had done. And even though the even though the little girl was finally put in a proper resting place, and her the mystery of what happened to her was resolved, she still haunted that place on those days and some say that she never she was never really at peace because of what happened and the fact that she was probably pretty angry about what happened to her and angry at her father for what he'd done but they say when you go by and see her apparition she's wearing a, a long skirt and she has on these black shoes with buckles on the side that were common in that day and jump roping and singing that song. Anyway, those are the urban legends I grew up on in my town. And I used to go to the the, the one with the college, and I used to hang out there with friends, and we'd tell stories. And But I never really got to see the place where the little girl died. And But when I was a kid, I believed those, I kind of, I believed a little bit of the stories that those guys were telling at school about the, about the, bloody man in the gymnasium so tell me reader uh listeners what stories did you grow up hearing what urban legends did you were you told as a kid and do you still hear those same legends uh told by other kids after you've grown up let me know what you think about that and let me know that your urban legends that have been told to you throughout the years this is reveling uh sorry Going by old, my old name, Spiritsweet Apple Podcast. I used to go by Rebel Angel Podcast, but I changed it. This will be available on Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and although I used to do Podbean, I'm not doing that now because I ran out of space and I don't have the money to pay them to uh, for more space. But Spotify is wonderful. You can check me out there and be sure to stay tuned for more. And so I'm going to be doing most of my podcasts on weekends because weekdays are busy for me, going to appointments and things. Anyway, this is Bittersweet Apple Podcast, and I bid you a fond good night. Good night, everyone.